get up to it today. I'm going to be like, man, this is crazy. It's crazy. Everybody make it to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we're going to start at verse 5 right there. And we've read this before when we started talking about the fruit of the Spirit and things. But the denying the power thereof. She was also watching Miles Monroe. Miles Monroe was talking about the power. You know, money brings what? Power. Who's that? What little rap song is that? Money, power, respect. Wasn't that Foxy Brown or somebody saying no? A little kid. <laughs> money, power, respect. Like we want the power to change things in our life, so we go get the money or whatever we got to do in order for those things to change. Everybody make it there? Well, come on. Let's read it real quick here. It says in verse 5, Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest to all men, as theirs also was. And when you really look at this statement here, um, and just look at it for what it is, you ain't got to get all deep and try to exegete nothing. But I was sitting here this morning, and I was like, there ain't no married people in here. That's the first thing you think about is like, none of, none of us married. Because he uses this, this example of people that just are not living according to what the Holy Spirit says. And I know back in that time they had a problem, you know, with everybody having a form of godliness. But like Paul writes, denying the power thereof. It says, for such, turn away. Then he gives that example, like we saw the example this morning in Sunday school. You know, Paul gives us different examples. And here he gives us an example about men who, you know, roll with women who are down with their, with their foolishness. It says, but still ever learning and unable to come to the knowledge of the truth. I mean, I'm sitting there like, man, what is this? It starts to talk about men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Like they just don't get it. And they won't get it. And it says here, the same way that Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, they thought, like Ruth was saying this morning, you know, for years I thought I was doing right. But I was in the way. And it talks about how they're uh, they shall proceed no further for their folly. Ruth was talking about that this morning. Wasn't that Miles Monroe talking about how uh, because if we continue on this journey, even when they take leadership in different roles, it'll be made manifest how foolish they are. And he was talking, we were, he was talking about people when they, uh, you know, like our presidents and different things like that. But I was looking at it while she's talking about that, like us here in the church. And I was like, man, this is crazy, you know, out of nowhere, because you're always constantly listening. And I believe all of us are. We're listening because of our faith. We've been changed 
from darkness into the light. If you're in darkness, you're not, you just, all you see is darkness. But when you turn the light on and you start to look around at where you're at, you know, you ever do that? Like, what am I tripping over? You turn the light on like, who left this here? You did. <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah, I left it there. And you start to take a look around at everything that's in the room. You know, you're like, what is my, you know? And that's what it's like when the Holy Spirit turns the light on inside of us. Yeah. And he turns it on through the word of God. And now you and I have to take a long look mm -hmm. at ourselves and not at nobody else. So I don't know what this means to each and every person in the room. This word has been spoken for like the past couple of months. And when you turn over to, let's go to, um, let's go to Genesis chapter 15. And it all kicked off because of Genesis chapter 15. I wasn't going to preach anything on, on uh, 2 Timothy. But then when I started getting into uh, Genesis, and he started talking about circumcision. That's what really got me is because the conversation that the father is having with Abraham about circumcision. And I started going back and I started looking at it again. And, and long before we get to the sign of the covenant, which a lot of these people stood on, the outward representation of what it is to be a believer is circumcision. But before we get to that place, we're at Genesis 15, 6, where Genesis 15, 6 says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. So here we are, saved by faith through the gospel. Here we are saved. We're like Abraham. We believe and now we have received grace. There's a Passover in our life. And here we are. We got a wonderful opportunity. What a wonderful opportunity that we have. Uh, and, and the father wants to do something with our life. And he talks to the children of Israel. And we'll look at that over in Deuteronomy. And he says, I didn't save you because y'all were good. You're no different than anybody else on the planet. I didn't save you because there was something about you and all that. You know, we try to dress it up. But he said, you're no different than anybody else. He called Abraham, not because Abraham was the best at that time. I'm pretty, like I look today at these different candidates that are running for presidency, and I said, that's all we got? There's nobody else? If we had to put a man on the moon, are we going to pick Joe Biden and Donald Trump? To go to the moon? That's, that's what we got? My man walking around, don't even know where the aircraft, where the space shuttle's at. He walking over someplace else trying to get into a small jet. No, Mr. President, it's the space shuttle. He's like, oh, okay. And he's walking someplace else. And Donald Trump, we don't have no money to finish the project because he just swindled most of the money out of the NASA. <laughs> and now he got most of that money. So they're like, now they got to ask the American people for more money because he done got that. There's a lot going on there. But when you look at Genesis chapter 17, now all of a sudden we start talking about circumcision. 
says, Abraham was 90 years old, 99. The Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God almighty. I will make a covenant and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face. And God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you and shall be a father of many nations. And he says here in verse 6, I will make thee exceeding fruitful. I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and, and, and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land where you are a stranger in all the land of Canaan. Verse 10 said, this is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. Now we got circumcision coming into play. Now here it is. And this covenant that the father is cutting with each and every person after Abraham. The sign of it now is going to be the physical circumcision. You can't see the physical circumcision on us men because we're clothed. Can't see it. Just like we can't see whether or not somebody's circumcised in their heart or not. We can't see it. Can't see it at all. When you go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 10. Moses begins to come along now years after Abraham after walking with the Lord for a while he starts to explain the sign of circumcision of what the father truly wants this is years after Moses comes along one of the descendants of Abraham and he's walking with the father now and his time is up. When he gets into Deuteronomy, his time is up. And he talks about the circumcision of the heart in different places, but he's talking about it here. Israel had a form of godliness. They were circumcised. The men were circumcised. If, if they were naked, you would say, hey, that, that's a child of the king. And Moses is trying to tell you and I, no, just because there's a physical thing there of showing that you're a child of the king doesn't mean that you're a child of the king. Something has to happen on the inside. So we look at Deuteronomy chapter 10, and I just want to start at verse 12 here. And it says, and now Israel, what does the Lord, uh, your God, require of you? But to fear the Lord, your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for your good. Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord your God. The earth also with all that therein is. Only the Lord had a delight in your fathers to love them. And he chose their seed after them, even you above all people as it is this day. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. And he just starts to say that to the people. I know they all were in shock because everybody thought they were a shoe-in for, uh, for glory just because of the physical circumcision. And then we read over here where the form of godliness, but denying the power of, thereof. And there's something that happens to you and I when we begin to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's a power that I believe 
and that I feel in my heart that there's whatever it is sometimes that you and I want. And I believe the closer that we get to our Heavenly Father, we get away from earthly, the lust of, the, of earthly things, you know, with the money, power, respect, and all those different things that we want to see. Because people have been preaching for years about houses and land and all of that. But I believe that if you look at every prophet that ever was, none of them were worried about money, power, respect. It was the relationship that they had with the Father that was so important to them. No, none of them ever asked anybody for money. When you look at, um, you look at Elisha and, and the young man that was serving him, Gehazi, if I remember his name correctly, he was worried about the money, power, respect. And after uh, Elisha had healed Naaman and sent him on his way, Gehazi coveted the money. And the man of God asked him, he said, is this the season now where, where it's all about the money? And it shows you the thought process of the man of God at that time, that the man of God was more worried about Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 12, to love the Lord his God with all of his heart and with all of his might and with all of his strength. That was the major thing in his life. It wasn't food or sustenance. It was the relationship that he had with the Father. And sometimes you and I were not focused on that. Like Corinthians just really poured out her heart to the group and said, I'm telling you that I'm focused on this right here. Sometimes we just want to rest. Or sometimes we want to watch a good, just get our mind off of things and watch a good movie. Sometimes we struggle because we can't get off our phone. But the man of God is talking to you and I because we always want to know what's the secret to your success? They gave up everything for an opportunity to love the Lord their God with all their heart and with all their might and with all their strength. And what a shame that we have when we have somebody in our life that we care about and love, but yet we we do nothing for that individual. And we claim to love the Lord our God, but do we love him with all of our heart and all of our might and all of our strength? We treat him like we do people. We love our family, but we don't call him every day. We loved our parents, but we spent more time chasing stuff out here in the streets than we did uh, spending time with our parents. And when our parents are going, you can't get that time back. Just like, you know, us teachers and things like that. Sometimes we get caught up being tired. But once we once we got to preach and teach now, can we get the time back that we wasted all week? Mm -hmm. We could have spent that time, like Corinthians said, with our Heavenly Father, because what an opportunity that the Father chooses us to preach and teach, regardless of who we are. He didn't pick us to preach and teach because we were the best. Like he said, I just, you know, I, I loved your fathers. That's the reason why I chose you. Mm-hmm. So here we are in a peculiar situation because I'm telling you that there's something about uh, denying that power, the power uh, to see change happen, and not only in, in us and in our family and in our community, because he can't put new wine in what? Old wine skin. There has to be something new about us, and like sin affects relationships. That's what I was thinking about when Corinthians was teaching. Sin has always uh, uh, messed up people, places, and things in my life. My own sin. Not nobody else's sin. Just my sin. And we have to own that. So I have a wonderful opportunity to have a relationship with the Most High. And will I treat that relationship like I've treated every other relationship in my life? You know that? It has to be, it, I have an opportunity, like Jacob, uh, I love the beginning of his relationship, but he leaves his father and mother. Did he have a relationship with the Most High? No, he didn't. 
his mother was the one to tell him, do this and I want you to do that and do this and that. He understood the concept of being the number one son and all the blessings and all that, but he really didn't understand it until he got on his own. And all of a sudden, the Most High shows up and he says, there's a ladder there. And how many of us take advantage of that ladder? The opportunity to pray and call upon the name of the Lord. Because we realize, we have to get to a place to where we realize that something's wrong on the inside. Yeah. And if we change what goes on on the inside, then things are going to change on the outside. So, the, you know, like it says, he turns the hearts of the fathers to the children. That's the first thing that happens, that he turns the children's heart to daddy. Something has to ch uh, change in us individually from that form of being a daddy to actually being a daddy. Right. A form of actually being a mother to being a mother. The form of actually being a son to actually we honor our father and mother or a daughter honors their father, regardless of the individual. It doesn't matter what that person is like. They could be a wicked father, wicked mother, whatever. But we honor them with our life because it's a, the, the relationship that we have with God causes something to change within you and I. And we have to begin to walk this thing out because we can hear him. You know, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, we always want to think that is leading. No, he's telling us through his commandments what I need you to do, what I want you to do. And I want to work some things out uh, in each and every one of us. Let's go to Romans chapter 2 real quick. And there's a lot of places you can go with this thing. These are just some things that just came to my heart as I'm sitting there today and I'm just messing around. And I was, you know, we just got finished. You know, you got so much going on in the internet today with, uh, you know, who is Jew, who's not a Jew, and all this and that, and who's, who's, you know, who are we as a people? I love the woman at the well, and he says, man, it's not about worshiping in Jerusalem. The Father wants those to worship him in what spirit and in truth. That means when he fills you with the Holy Spirit, this word comes alive in your life. And it's not about whether being a Jew by circumcision, you are a son or a daughter of the Heavenly Father because you're producing fruit right. the way the Father wants you to produce fruit in your life and in my life. And I'm not, I don't have to be called a Jew. I don't have to be called a Gentile. I'm called a son and you'll be called a daughter. That's it. As many as received him, he gave the opportunity to be sons. The same way that he gave them over here when the sons of God saw the daughters of men. So they were sons. Mm -hmm. But they didn't follow. They, they didn't stay in his word. Just like we look over here in, in 2 Timothy. You know, they saw the daughters of men. Those daughters of men weren't living like the daughters of the Most High. They were living a whole other different way. Mm -hmm. So they wanted to go over and hang out with those women over there. You can't hang out with those women over there. Amen? Mm -hmm. So we look at uh, Romans chapter 2 and verse 28. For he is not a Jew or a Hebrew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew or a Hebrew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. What is that talking about? It's not about anything outwardly. It's when our heart, something has been changed. And I love Joseph when he was in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar probably had a beautiful wife. You know, probably had a beautiful wife and everything like that. And she desired Joseph. She probably desired other people than that before. But she always got what she wanted. But when it came to Joseph, Joseph said, I can't do that to Potiphar. 
And he says, and how can I do that to my God? Is what he says. When he looks, when he weighs the situation in his heart that probably many men feel. Many, Delilah wasn't, Samson wasn't her first rodeo. They sent Delilah because she, she, was, she was about that life. And most men can't control their flesh. And we see it all through scriptures. Our women know, we don't put him in that situation. He going to fail. <laughs> you know, Halle Berry show up. I'm missing for two hours. Ruth is like, where are you at? I was uh, working at the church. I went by the church. You must have just missed me. I went to Home Depot. <laughs> and nobody wants to talk about the truth. And the truth ain't always pretty. But the scripture says that the truth will set us free. And the spirit of truth's job is to come into my life and in your life. And unless two can agree, they can't walk together. So if I'm not walking with them, then there's no power. I have to give up my life. And, and, it's, and it's tough because people say, I can't pray at six and nine. Well, six and nine is when we're going to come together and pray. Maybe you can hit the 12 and four. <laughs> I don't know. But men should always pray and never faint. But it takes you to give up something that you desire, which is sleep. And rest. Yeah. That's, that's your me time. Mm-hmm. And it takes us to give up something. Then it's even more than that. That he is asking us to give up. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly. Inwardly. It's something inside your heart. When the commandment hits and it says thou shalt not. Then you and I are like. Ah, now here comes. You know the wage of sin. One plus one is going to equal two. All right? It's, it, there's an equal sign there. And I have to make a choice and I have to make a decision. But if I am in love with my wife, okay? Or you're in love with your husband and the, and the temptation comes. Right. Now, what's the right choice? In your heart, you say, uh-uh, no. You better go on. I'm married. I am committed. And don't come to me that again. You know, you can either take that stance or you can entertain it a bit. Bobby, <laughs> you know, or so, you know, we entertain things. Right. Now your friends on Facebook, you're entertaining things instead of shutting things off in your heart. Yes. You just shut things off. And that's where we're at today. If you want to know what it is to have a circumcision of the heart, anything in your life mm-hmm. that causes compromise, people, places and things. You cut it off like you're in a relationship with somebody. You cut it off like you're in love, like you're married. You cut it off. Yeah. No, man. I ain't about that. You go over to get now. Y'all take that nonsense someplace else. We don't roll like that. And it doesn't matter whether your significant other is around or not. That's just how you roll. Your phone is unlocked. They can look at your phone all day long. It don't matter. They're not going to see none of that on there. Come on. You know? I may have snuck and had four Snickers. Are you eating Snickers again? How did you know? I'm looking at your phone. You're asking your friend that, can you, can you pick me up four Snickers on your way back? We were going no sugar this month. Ah, you're just a little snitch. But they won't see nothing about somebody else. Because the husband's heart, when it talks about a virtuous woman, his heart safely trusts in her. Yeah. Why did they put that in there? Because if we are married to the most high, he says, I'm married to the backslider. Married to them. We have to have a thought process sometimes that we are married to somebody. And when they say, and the, and the vows are his commandments, precepts, and statutes. And will we play off on him? 
And it says here, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. And what happens on the inside for you and I? When you look at Cornelius, and I, I love looking at Cornelius and, and um, Zechariah, these different men that whose life was just changed like that. They, they weren't even believers like you and I are. Cornelius would get up and pray and give to people. And it was something that I believe that he did. And it was just who he was. And people never thought about it anymore. They see your car pull up, you get out with your Philly pretzels and you start giving it to the people. You wave at me, stand in the corner, talk to them, and you bounce. It's such a routine that people don't think about what you're doing. You know, most of the time people got, got to film people doing this stuff. But there are people, I believe, all over the world that are doing things for the widows, the orphans, the strangers, and the poor. Right. And people know nothing about it. It's just something that goes on in your heart. And his prayer life was just something that he did. There has to be, anytime there's a marriage, there has to be some type of relations going on. And our relations is through prayer and supplication. Let our requests be made known. And the physical, there has you can't be married and have no relations with your other. You can't deny your other. The Bible says you can't deny the other person, the relations. That's not, that doesn't work. There's only a certain time period the woman is exempt from relations. Other than that, you can't deny the relations. It's not going to happen. And the Lord, we can't deny the relationship or the relations with them. It's a requirement. But when he sees our heart, the power that came in Cornelius's life, not only for his life to be changed, but for his family and friends, isn't that what we want? Last week, we were talking about the, the Great Commission. And today, we're talking about the power that we refuse to have in our life because we refuse to submit ourselves to him wholly with, with, with one heart. And that starts as an individual thing. But once the father saw Cornelius' heart, an angel showed up in Cornelius' house. And I know Cornelius, like everybody else through scripture, is probably backpedaling because there's this angel in his house and it's not a human being. It's, he's glowing. And he says, hey, Cornelius, your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial because something happened in his heart that changed him. Change. And I'm telling you, y'all, the power of God moving in our life comes through us changing and become more committed to him yeah. and less than everything else in this. Well, not that we don't, are not uh, taking care of our children or the significant other in your life. That's not it. But you're, something's changed in your heart where you said, I'm not going to trust in that. Or I'm not going to take this 15 minutes out of my life like Judah did to go experience some physical pleasure that means nothing, that's profiting us nothing. Let's go back over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, it says those type of people stay away from them. Because if you hang around garbage, what? You start to smell like it. If you hang around positive people, you become a positive person. I believe that. And I believe that you and I have a form of godliness, just like the Jewish people. Physical circumcision. Physically, we're here in the house of the Lord. People perceive that we are believers. But actions speak louder than words. 
If they could see us, like it says here, if they could see us when we're not at church, what are we like? I like when the Lord takes Ezekiel and he says, come here, let me show you something. Let me show you who the children of Israel truly worship. And the Holy Spirit is just leading him through walls where he can go in there and look at people while they're in their house by themselves. And they had different statues set up or they were doing, they were praying to somebody else. And, and he was like, yeah, that's what they really trusted. And Ezekiel was astonished. Like, are you serious? I'm thinking everybody is like me. No, everybody ain't like you. Everybody ain't like you. He says, for this sort of they which creep. Luther Evangelist talked about creeping. Some of y'all ain't old enough to know Luther. Creep, 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 creep. Creep is something that happens so you're not caught. You know that? Creep is something that happens so nobody else knows what's going on. Back in the day, they didn't have the street lights, but they know how to put a little hoodie on <laughs> and creep somewhere where I, I thought it was John. I, John be like, keep my name out your mouth, big homie. <laughs> was it me? I well, no, maybe it wasn't John. But Luther sung about creeping. And all of us that listened to it, we would laugh because we knew what creeping was all about. We'll creep in the houses and lead captivity, a captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts. James talks about, you know, the lust of the flesh. Once lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin brings forth death, or we lose our strength, we lose our power yes. as believers. Something happens when the Father, like in Romans, is looking at us, and he says, okay, well, we got work to do. Because he's married to the backslider. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. He's, he's, in his mind, it's a marriage. Mm -hmm. And he married us. And he's like, I'm not giving up on them. And I know the angels are like, why don't you just give up on these people? He's like, because you don't know. I ain't giving up on them. Well, you gave up on Satan and the other third. That's different. But these right here, I'm not giving up on them. He's not giving up on you and I. Like he said, my spirit will not always strive with man. You're not going to live forever. There's going to constantly be this war going on with, you know, between the spirit and the flesh. It's not going to happen. I'm giving you a buck 20. That's the max. And he gave the children of Israel 40 years, and, and some things had to die off. When those things died off and the children of Israel began to walk with him the way that he desired for them to walk by faith, all of a sudden, here comes power. And they were worried about that power. He said, you'll lose that power if you do X, Y, and Z. You'll lose the power if you start coveting. You'll lose the power if you start having these relationships with these people. Remember when I think what was it, AI, they covered the man, covered it, and went and hid it in his tent. And they went to go to battle, and the next thing you know, they had no strength. No strength. <clears throat> Foreign women. The one man takes it into his tent. Children of Israel start losing. The one man gets so upset that he goes into the tent and kills the man and the woman. The Lord said, he was zealous for me. He was about my life. Yeah. And as we continue to study the children of Israel, every time they would lose, it's because they were, they were breaking a commandment. And that's how important commandments, precepts, and statutes are. The Lord gives them there so you and I might have life. So now we're sitting here like, well, wait a minute. He's like, no, they're, they're the way out. When we start to keep them with all of our heart, not to be seen by people, but it's in the relationship, if you tell people, get up. I'm, no, matter of fact, you just cut off Facebook out and get rid of your phone and throw it away because you don't want people up in your DMs. 
You're going to be faithful. Your husband's trying to call. What happened to your phone? You know what, man? I'm so tired of these dudes. Every time at work, they got, I got my, my number out there, and they're always trying to holler at me. He's like, well, you got to throw your phone away. She's like, you know what? I'd rather have no phone and have your respect than to have a phone and lose your respect. Because you're going to think in your heart one day that maybe I'm doing something to attract their attention, and I'm not. Because I've read Proverbs 31, and it says that her husband's heart safely trusted her. You're going to trust in me. There's something about when you read the word and you take it seriously that you begin to walk it out by any means necessary. The world talks about any means necessary, but they don't know our Lord and Savior. Our Lord and Savior did that by any means necessary. And it's required of you and I to do that by any means necessary. That's what's required by us. So what's going to keep our relationship? Because he says if a man just looks upon a woman, then the covenant is broken. So now we got to guard our eyes, brothers. Because that trap has been laid for many men for years and it won't stop because there's something about us. The woman is a steel well, but what a man is a flowing fountain. A man is and it just his physical nature is ready. So we've got to, there's something that we'll lose when we go down that rabbit trail and we have to, we have to deny ourselves that. Because it's not about physical strength. There's a lot that has to do with spiritual strength. This ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit is the truth. Ever learning, but because of the decisions that I'm making, the Holy Spirit ain't filling me up. Yeah. His word isn't being written on my heart. Because if it's written on my heart, then it's circumcised in my heart. And I belong to him. And can he trust me? Yes, he'll trust me and he'll pour himself into me and my cup runneth over. But there ain't no going in if I still got that old skin. He can't put new wine in there. He can't fill me up. And all of us in this room want to see the change that we read about in our life and in our family's life. So there's some things that, uh, that we have to change. Just like Janice and Jambers withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. And the word of God is truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. We don't understand it. We don't get it. We think faith is free access to do what we want, and it's not. Faith is when I look at it and I agree with you that it doesn't belong in my life. Just because we're friends, you don't need to see me with your shoes on the next day. What are you doing with my shoes on? Oh, man, they were nice, man. I was wearing them. Get my shoes off, bro. That's not, that's not our relation. You just don't start taking my shoes and start wearing them to school. That's not how this works. Oh, I thought we was brothers. Man, just take my shoes off. You need to ask. And I'm pretty sure somebody's like, you're not wearing my shoes. I'll buy you some shoes. You're not wearing You know how much sneakers cost now, Nikes? Imagine they had on your Jordans. $200 shoes now. Walking around with you. By the time you really, you ever come home and a little brother got your shoes on? <laughs> little sister got your clothes on? Yes. They got your jewelry on? And you're like, are you serious right now? They're like, what? But they had to creep to get it. They had to creep to get it. They didn't ask you for it. You just come home and they got it on. They're looking at you smiling like, you know what, man? You better get my stuff off over here. What? We family. We ain't that much family. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith of what faith is really all about. It's free access into heaven. It's, it's, it's a prayer life. And when we get into that prayer, 
We must confess our sins. And he, yes, he's faithful and just uh, to forgive us of our sins. This is the second part that I want. Cleanse me from everything that's not right. And this relationship. You know, sometimes you got to sit down in a relationship. you got to start to talk and say, thank you for paying the bill. <laughs> thank you that I don't have to want for nothing. <laughs> but this area right here, we, we, we got to talk about this. What is, what is it? He without sin cast the first stone. You got sin. Why are you always coming at me about my sin? But the father has no sin. So when he sits across on the table of us, now we got no ammunition. Because he has no sin. And when he comes to the churches in the book of Revelation, he says, hey, great job here, great job there. But you know what? This area right here, remember, you shall have no God but me. Well, what are you trying to say? I gave you my life. Yeah, you gave me your life, but this is something you truly worship right here. And now you and I are stuck. Because when we're supposed to be studying, we're still flipping through our phone. You know, we're, still, we're studying, we're still eating, we're studying. You know, the eagles come on today. Father, hold on. <laughs> the eagles are on. <laughs> but these brothers, I'm telling you right now, they gave up a lot. He said, no man having left it all. You know what I'm saying? They left it all. And it starts to talk about, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. And sometimes there's, a, there's an ending to this thing called, you know, a circumcised heart. Because we're going to need to call upon the name of the Lord. Things are coming down this pike. And remember that one day we're going to stand before him. And, and we're going to have to give an account for everything that's been going on in our life. And I tell you, take full advantage of prayer. Because he gave us prayer. He gave us his word. He gave us prayer. And you and I have to take full advantage of it. And first of all, man, we have to just, those that come to God must first believe that he is. And that he's a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. So when I come to him, I'm like, hey, you know what? And sometimes you may not want to do it in the corporate setting, but in the personal setting, we want to go to him and start talking to him and agreeing with him about what's going on in our life and that we can't change it. That maybe that we're stuck. And Father, help me to change this. Write your word upon my heart or circumcise my heart in this area that I'm having problems in. Because you said it's a circumcised heart. It's not the fact of just me confessing you as Lord and Savior in my life. There's a lot of people that say, yeah, I'm married, but they don't act like they're married. But we need to act like we're married to somebody. Because he acted like he was married to us when he died for us. So I don't, I, that's one of the things that I was thinking about in my heart when I was thinking about that last night. And Ruth and all the time talking about a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. There's a power that comes into our life from our submission to his word. When we humble ourselves to his word, he begins to fill us with power. We start to see change. Amen. And it's not something you could just talk and then the next day he comes to power. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle change. It's a lifestyle when you and I just get tired of it and say, you know, I'm not going to entertain that anymore because I know the outcome of it. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to eat that sugar and then I'm going to feel guilty after eating. And you go through all this, you go through these highs and lows, that means nothing. But we need to just be constant with our Heavenly Father. You know that? So good word today, uh, Sunday school. really makes us think. You know that? Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. That's tough. That's a tough one. Anybody else got anything on their heart?